Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. We're talking about amazing things in this edition of the Run for God podcast. And of course, joining me once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's an exciting time. It is. You know, today is what, Monday, January the 10th, and we're doing something pretty cool tonight. Tonight is the kickoff of the Couch to Marathon Challenge. Now, if you have no idea what that is, I'm going to give you a 30-second overview. You go from the couch, having never run or walked before, to the marathon. In a year. It's really that simple. Yeah. In one year. And it kicks off tonight. So if you if you have not, if, you, if, if this is the first time you've heard about it, you've obviously been living under a rock. But go to runforgod.com, click on the Couch to Marathon Challenge. We've got a whole web page built there with all the information. Go check it out. It kicks off tonight. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be live on the Run, Run Club Facebook group. And uh, we want you there. If you're not part of this ministry, if you're not part of Run Club, $9.97 a month or $98 a year, it's like 27 cents a day. Yeah. You need to be part of it. If you, if running a marathon has ever been on your bucket list, this tonight's the, the night. To do it. Tonight yeah. is the night. Go check it out. And if you're thinking you can't do that, that you can't go from couch to marathon in a year, we've already seen it happen. We've it's we've, already happened. We've it's, we've had people graduate yesterday. Dan, well, you and I just got back yeah. from Orlando, Florida, late last night. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we had people graduate yesterday, crossing the finish line at the Disney Marathon, yeah. who did this journey. All of last year, we know it can be done. I walked it. I walked a marathon. So if you're a walker out there, you have no excuse. That's right. Because you can walk a marathon in one year as well. So this is for over ninety percent of the population. It, I mean, that, that's at least, it. yes, at least. Yep. You know, we young, old, big, small. It oh, doesn't matter. That's right. It doesn't matter. You can absolutely do this. Yep. So, do you have any any uh, New Year's resolutions this year other than to lead this group through the Couch to Marathon Challenge? I, 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 I want to do it faster. I want to do the marathon faster this year. Okay. I, I would like to think I could do it in under six hours walking. Yeah. Uh, which is it's a challenge. That'd be tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm still getting over the blisters. Yeah. <laughs> the marathon I just walked because run. I mean, walking is a very different animal than running, and it's it it's harder on your feet. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm still dealing with that, but yeah, that's that's kind of one of my things. I I I'm, I may try to do a little more, a few more body weight exercises this year. I kind of gotten away from that last year yeah. doing the walking thing, but yeah, just kind of. I don't do anything crazy resolution wise because uh, I know I won't do it if it's too crazy. <laughs> uh, if I'm just being honest, but yeah, I mean I want to walk the marathon again. I'm gonna i'm doing it with everybody we have we officially opened the doors to walkers this year yeah officially they've always been welcome but we're we're i'm kind of talking directly to them you're talking to the runners this year and um 
So yeah, I'm I'm doing the program with them. We we will never ask you to do anything that we won't do ourselves. That's always kind of been our mantra uh, with with athletes in general. I, I won't say I will do it as fast as you. Yeah, but I will do it. Yeah, and I, yeah. I will put myself through whatever I ask you to put yourself through. That's right. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But hey, before we get started. If, uh, if you're a business out there and you would like to support Run for God and allow us to support you in return, you can become a Run for God uh, corporate partner. And this week, our corporate partner is a good friend of ours, Ken's Car Star, Jamie over at uh, Ken's Car Star. They feature a state-of-the-art unibody and frame repair equipment expert painting, towing assistance, vehicle pickup and delivery, and a nationwide warranty in a clean, inviting environment. Uh, they've repaired more than 4 million vehicles since 1989. That's why more people choose Car Star Auto Body Repair Experts for their vehicle repair needs than any other body shop. Call Ken's Car Star and schedule a free estimate today. And like we say every week, our sponsors are awesome. Yeah, they are. And, and this one's no different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie and all the guys down there, Some your boys work down there. That's right. Uh, they do an incredible job. I've used them. Yeah. Uh, so if you're in the area and you want to go by and see them, go by and see them. Or if you're nationwide, uh, yeah. look up Ken's Car Star. They're a great organization, and uh, they'll do you a good job. Yeah, yeah. Great. Facebook post from this past week. This one comes from Laura Jacobs, and if you're on the Facebook page, you know that name. Yep. Laura shares a lot. She shares a lot, the goods, the good and the bad. And mm-hmm. I like people who do that, and they kind of live their life in front of us. And this is uh, this was a good post. She says, "For anyone feeling discouraged after attempting your 20 mile run and not getting the results you had hoped for, I get it." Last week, I struggled so much trying to get my 18 miles in. I ran eight and walked four before saying, I'm done. I just didn't believe I had it in me to finish. After that, Elizabeth Moray offered to drive to South Bend following their 5K in Angola to help me run my 20 miles. It made, made it so much easier to have them there cheering me on and distracting me, especially when my knee started hurting around mile 14. I really don't think I would have kept running once that pain started had they not been there with me. Thanks again, guys. You're awesome. There are going to be many of us and others at the Disney Marathon. And the best part, God will be there too. If he called you to this, he will help you through this. Just keep making forward progress. Trust and believe. Thank you for that, Elizabeth and Angie Hawkins. You can make it to the finish line. With all, uh, excuse me, with God, all things are possible. You know, Dana. <laughs> I saw the pictures that Laura, both Laura and Elizabeth posted. And this yeah. is this is what this club's all about. That's right. I mean, Elizabeth and Brian have both had their own set of issues with running. Brian's had some some borderline injury things. Elizabeth's had some things going on. They've been trucking through. They're, they're ultra marathoners. They do the crazy distances. And so they went and did their own race. And then they drove, I don't know how far it was, yeah. um, to run with another run club member for not three miles, for 20 miles. <laughs> yeah. I saw the pictures. Brian was on his bike. Elizabeth was running with her. Yeah. That's just, man, that is what this club is all about. I mean, it's so, it's, that made my week when I saw that last week. Yeah. Um, that Elizabeth and Brian were willing to go do that. And so kudos to them. Yeah. Uh, and for Laura, for, for getting in that Twitter. I know exactly where she's coming from. I've had those runs. Oh, you, yeah. you you get partway through it and you mail it in and it's like it defeats you. 
mm-hmm. and to have somebody come alongside you and just pick you right back up that's just what this club is all about yeah and those are great things and here's another thing that i really like about this post is don't give up no don't give up just because things didn't go well don't give up and she didn't give up and and that made a difference and the other thing that i really like about this is that and that i think we need to think about more in depth is yeah it was great that elizabeth went up there and helped her through this but here's the truth she says she probably couldn't have done it without them mm-hmm. here's what i want you to understand you can do it yeah you can do it yeah. but the fact that she did it says she could do it that's right without them exactly and so believe that you can do these things now it's great for us to support each other and what elizabeth did was fantastic the the encouragement we get from all over the facebook page is fantastic but understand you can do it yeah. and she probably honestly probably could have finished that 18 miler the week before yeah um if she'd have had that in her brain to do it so so understand that your your brain is a powerful thing in a good way and a bad way and understand that sometimes we're we're helping and sometimes we need help you know i think it was just the week before uh angie and brian not angie i'm sorry elizabeth and brian did their ultra marathon and brian was having some issues and and i know for a fact that people rallied around him Mm -hmm. and really encouraged him and he got through it and he was giving praise to everybody that reached out to him and then the next week he's doing the same thing for somebody else and that's just that's an incredible picture of not only what we're to be as runners in this running community, but as believers. That's right. I mean, that is that is uh, we can go on for a long time about that picture right there. But just yeah. kudos to everybody involved right there. Yeah. And and for the rest of us, take note. Yeah, this is I, how it's supposed to be done. That's right. That's how it's done. Well, we had a trivia question last week, and the trivia question last week was, what is the most popular New Year's resolution? (laughs) And so I thought, I've got a list of the top 10 New Year's resolutions. Now, I want to think about these and look at these through a run for God lens, okay? Mm. So what's the number one New Year's resolution? Exercise more. We got that one covered, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're all about, exercising more. Number two, lose weight. How many pictures have we seen on Facebook of people who are losing weight because they're doing, they're being so much more active through Run for God, right? Number three, get organized. I know you like that one. That falls in the Run for God category. You've yeah. got to be, to do a program like, a couch to marathon which so many people are starting tonight that's going to teach you to get organized yes, because you've got to, i mean it's it's you've got to become organized that's true to do that so what, that's true. Uh, you don't have it on that list but i'm putting that in the run for god wow. column too there you go yeah yeah number four is learn a new skill or hobby well if you've never run before and you came to run for god you're learning a new skill or hobby number five is live life to the fullest and that's exactly what we're doing. Sure. Right? Because the better shape we're in, the more life we live. I mean, I'm, I'm a really, and a lot of times you hear people say that and it's cliche and things like that. I'm a big believer that when you exercise and you're physically active, you really do live a better life than somebody who doesn't. Um, and, and a lot of times that, that kind of helps drive me. And I think it should everybody out there too. Uh, so, so think about that living life to the fullest. That's the number five resolution. Number six resolution is save more money or spend less money. 
You don't have that in the Run for God column either. I don't. I, I put that in the Run for God column. Did you? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, because if you're doing the Couch to Marathon Challenge, <laughs> you don't have time to go out and spend a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> right that's true that's so true. yeah so we fall so, in there i mean you're spending nine you're spending 27 cents a day to be part of this run club and we keep you pretty busy beyond that's that true. that's true it's it is a fr- it is a frugal endeavor for sure <laughs> number seven is quit smoking and i absolutely put that in the run for god column <laughs> Because running's what helped me to quit smoking. That's true. That is true. So, and if if you're a smoker out there and you're starting the Couch to Marathon Challenge, something's going to give here in a few weeks when your start, lungs start screaming for oxygen. You're going to say, maybe I need to lay down the cigarettes. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so, all of these are falling in the run for God category, Dean. <laughs> and in number eight, spend more time with family and friends. For sure. Obviously. I mean, that's one of those things where we can. Um, this kind of almost forces us to. And we just talked about Brian and Elizabeth. How much time do they spend together running? How many couples do we see we, a lot. in here? Yeah. We call them teams. Yeah. You know, we got Team Hawkins, Team Murray. You know, we've got all these teams that, that we kind of give them that name. But that that is really cool to see. Yeah. You know, Gay Coker will tell you that we're on our staff that this, yeah. you know, running together with her husband, it, it, it strengthened their marriage. Yeah. And that's so. What, that's definitely a category for sure. And we see we see it with uh, mother, daughter, mm-hmm. and, and kids. Too. Father, son, father, son. You know, Mike Powers and his son, Michelle Christensen. I used daughter. to run with my boys till they got way too fast for me. And yeah. So now I just yeah. scream at them going by. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Uh, but no. how many people do we see doing this pushing strollers? Yeah, our sure. kids on bicycles. Or Absolutely. It's, it, it's a great family. When you say it, thing. you don't really think family, but it's what you make of it. It is. Yeah. It is. And I'll tell you this. If if you're doing this kind of thing and your kids are seeing you do this kind of thing, it, it develops good habits in them. Absolutely. For sure. The number nine New Year's resolution is travel more. Well, I mean, if you're coming to Dalton for the 5K, if you're going to Cartersville for the 10K, if you're going to Greensboro for the half marathon and then getting the Gulf Shores for the marathon... Well, there you should travel more. Right now, that now. may put a dent in number six, which is spend less money, but you know, yeah, it's it kind might. of a balance. I mean, you're going to go on vacation, so sure. why not make it a running vacation? Absolutely. Those are some of the best vacations, right? I wholeheartedly agree we with that. Went to, um, we went to Jackson Hole years ago with uh, some of our extended family, and uh, it was my uncle and his wife and his girls, and he was getting such a kick out of us. He was saying, I have never seen people that go on vacation and they run more on vacation than they do when they're at home. And, uh, yeah, Why I mean, that makes it fun. You can, yeah. you see the world differently on two feet rather than on four wheels. That is a hundred percent true. Yep. And then the number 10 new year's resolution is read more. And got you covered. Yeah. I got you covered there too. So taking part in the couch to marathon plan, basically, Covers. covers all the new year's resolutions so i mean why why would you not be part of the couch to marathon program and it takes it takes all 10 news resolutions and it fills a bucket list for most people yeah run a marathon so if you're not already convinced and you're not signed up for the couch to marathon challenge join us tonight live for the introduction don't worry the training is not officially starting tonight so you've got i know how most of you are it's the way i am you got to get your head wrapped around it we've got a whole week before the training actually starts next week we're simply asking you to get moving yep walking if you've if you're walking if you're 
run a little bit, just keep doing what you've been doing. And we're asking people to walk or jog and recruit. Go find a couple people to join it with you. Dare them. Dares always work, especially in the New Year's. I dare you to do this with me this year. Um, I'm daring you to dare somebody. Yeah. Dean. Yeah. That's exactly right. So we want you there tonight. Um, I don't have the time off the top of my head, but I, I we will put that in the comments and join us tonight for the live. And here's the thing. Now, you may be listening to this podcast later. You might not listen to it when it came out. 9 o'clock it, p.m. It, okay. 9 and o'clock it, p.m. Eastern tonight you, on the you, Run Club group. Yep. And you could be listening to this after that's already aired, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, you can go to Facebook and you can still see it. Yep. First of all, um, the other thing you can do is if you're a Run Club member, you can see the videos, um, all all the videos that we do, you can see. Um, and if you even if we're you're listening to this and we're a couple of weeks in, you can still join us. It is not too late. We, so. we have pretty much established through the years that if you've never ran in your life, you can join this program up to five weeks in. Yeah. And still be fine and not risk any injury. If you've if you're moderately active and you run every now and then, you can you can really join this eight, nine, ten weeks in. Yeah. Um, because this is truly a couch. The first twelve weeks is couch to mar I mean couch to five K. Yeah. Um, so if if you can go out and run a five K right now and you're fine with that, you've got all the time in the world. Yeah. Um this is a this is a one year process. To the marathon so there's plenty of time to jump in but we want you to jump in now and take advantage of everything that's going on right now and encourage people just like we talked about with brian and elizabeth we if you're a runner you are that person you're you're the person that all these new runners and walkers are looking to you know they hear us enough during the week yep. that's what that run club group is for is to for for other runners and other athletes to pour into these people and to go back and forth because you never know that may be you that needs help on your 20 mile run and it may be somebody you poured in two months ago that's that's there to help you out that's That's how this works hey don't forget that we are sponsored by j radio and if it weren't for them you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now so go out there and check out j radio you get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. All right, we're back. And don't forget that on Thursday nights, we're live every Thursday night on Facebook. If you're part of Run Club, you get a chance to watch us live. And and the live session is really kind of unstructured. It's a little bit structured. We talk about a particular running topic and we share some ideas and some things about a particular running topic, but then you get to ask questions. And so if you're part of Run Club, um, don't forget to join us on Thursday nights. And don't forget that you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com. And uh, I can I can answer those. I have had a ton of email lately 
Um, so I try to get to them as quick as I can. Sometimes I may get to you in five minutes and I may get to you in five days. It just depends on <laughs> but exactly. But you'll get to them. Yeah, it just depends on exactly when I get that email. So, um, so yeah, so let us know what, what your questions are. And we want to hear your story. We have had a number of uh, a rash of stories of Run Club folks mm-hmm. over these past several podcasts. And we want to continue to share uh, run club stories and so send your story in uh, just go to runforgod.com log in and you can find the share your story section and um, share your story we make it easy we ask you the questions we tell you how to do it it's mm-hmm. you know just write a story and then go in there and, and do what it tells you to do and um, we'll share your story online. yeah and if you think you know if you think these stories don't matter believe me <sighs> they matter they matter we, we get comments every week when we share these stories about mm-hmm. how, because you may, you know, we've said it on here before. You may think your story is not spectacular and it's just kind of vanilla and nobody needs to hear your story. You're wrong. No. Yeah. There's always somebody out there that needs to hear your story and it will impact their lives. And not only that, we've got this whole guidepost thing coming out this spring where, you know, many of these stories are going out to a whole audience that we never even dreamed of yeah um so that's that's why we're now asking you to go to runforgod.com to submit these stories don't just don't just email them to dean because they do need to go through a process now yeah uh to make sure everything is right so yeah it's uh your story matters yep yep do that well, before we get to this week's story, this is this is kind of a dead time for runners, isn't it? No. Um, uh, from a from a professional. For you running geeks who like professional well, it, running. Yes. But it's an exciting time for Run for God. Well, it is. It's a really exciting <laughs> time. Well, and I love the beginning of the new year. Yeah. For running anyway, every year. Yeah. Um, I just think that's pretty awesome. But the professional running scene is really just, there's really nothing going on. There's I wouldn't no special know. races or anything like that. And <laughs> I can't believe you don't pay any attention. My goodness. It's, you're, you're a runner. You pay no attention to professional running, but you know who's playing in the national championship in football. But you don't play of, any football. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that makes no sense. I mean, that is tonight, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> As of when, you're, when this podcast releases, it is tonight. And my... Both my fingers are crossed right here. If you're looking at this, this is we're not live recording this. This is this is December the 30th. Yeah. My fingers are crossed that the University of Georgia is in that game tonight. And I have a fit. Let's go ahead. Let's let's do this. I predict it's Georgia and Alabama. That's not going out on a limb. They're both favored pretty big. I predict Georgia wins by seven. Wow. All right. Bold prediction there. And we're going to have a throwback to 1981 party when we won it the last time. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get another Coke bottle. Which, from, uh, it, you know, of course, that the last time that Georgia won it was 10 years before Georgia Tech won their last one. Just want to point that out. but And, and Georgia Tech is not even part of this conversation. <laughs> no, no, I mean, come on. They're not part of any football <laughs> conversation these days. Uh, we won't get hung up right there. Oh my so my goodness. prediction, Georgia-Alabama, Georgia wins by seven. This is December the 30th when this is being recorded. So All right. either I'm going to be pretty awesome at predictions or everybody's going to be laughing at me. And yeah. 
Watch it not even be Georgia or Alabama. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be really interesting. I, I can't imagine that happening, but yeah. uh, Alabama's a, a two touchdown favorite and Georgia's a one touchdown favorite, so yeah. it's not like they're supposed to even be close. Right. So we'll we'll see. But uh, but predicting Georgia to because Alabama will probably be favored in that championship game. So uh, yeah. All right. So yeah, there's uh we we've had some crazy weather, haven't we? I mean, it's been just like crazy warm at times. It's going to be seventy-two degrees here today. Oh my goodness! And wow. then, and then there's what, Monday. It's supposed to be high of like forty-two. <laughs> and then there's areas of the country where they're buried under snow. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, what? we had bad storms here last night. Yeah, yeah. springtime storms. Yeah, that's what it felt like, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. So here's here, my. I don't know what your running extremes are. Here's my running extremes. I have run in minus six degrees with a 20 to 30 mile an hour wind. That's probably the coldest I've ever run in. And I have run at 113 degrees. So uh, neither of those are very comfortable. Mm -mm. Not at all. But Uh, they make you feel pretty awesome when you're done. Yeah. And my old coach, you know what he used to say? He used to say, it'll make you a better champion. Sure. Yes. It will. That's true. (laughs) Uh, So have you ever thought about being thankful for being lukewarm? Well, the Bible talks a lot about being lukewarm and, you know, when it talks about the the church of Laodicea and it paints a pretty ugly picture of people Mm -hmm. who are lukewarm, but maybe there's another way to look at it. Mm -hmm. And so Ellen Mangum, Mangan, who is a run club member, been a run club instructor for many, many years. um, She has a story called lukewarm and thankful for it. (laughs) So here's her story. Ten years ago, a good friend of mine said, Hey, the local rec has a beginning running program. We should sign up. And just like that, my 51-year-old, never an athletic person, signed up for a five-week program to get uh, to get to a 5K. Excellent. <laughs> Day one, run two miles. <laughs> Wait, what? In my group, there was our local fireman and a SWAT team. They were so helpful as they ran the course twice to run me in. Uh, This was the beginning of a very, very hard time. You think? (laughs) Okay, I'll admit it. I whined a lot. And when the weather went below freezing, I didn't go. And of course, I didn't do all the training. Lukewarm? Yeah, but I ran. Done. No more running. That was it. But God. I was scrolling on Facebook just a month after this, and a friend shared something called Run for God. I clicked on the link, and God said, this is for you. I physically heard him. I decided if my church said yes, I would do it. They did. I said if I had five people sign up, I would do it. I had 25. Over the next six years, I led seven Run for God classes, ranging from two people to almost 100 Nervous is when you lead a Bible program and you have ministers in the group. Been there. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Here is where my story gets honest. My last class was December 2017 with two people. They were walkers, sweet Christian women. But I will admit it now, I kind of phoned it in. That's right. I was now lukewarm. I had been the music director for my church for 20 years, 20 years of leading a congregation when some miscommunications happened and I knew I needed to resign. I wasn't asked to, but God absolutely led me to let go of this part of my life. As upsetting as it was, as depressed as I got, 
I know looking back what had happened. I was lukewarm, both in leading and planning. Finally, I have worked for the same small firm for 30 years. My boss and I had been chase, had been clashing heads a bit, and I was putting in less than my best for the company when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and retiring. I had found that I had become rather stale and lukewarm at work, and now the entire business was mine. What had happened? In the span of just three years, so much of what I thought was my Christian walk was gone. I went to church, listened to worship songs, and sang them. And I fit Jesus into my life when I had time. So how did this happen? I was so very ashamed of myself, but this time I headed directly to God. There was some very serious praying going on, and I no longer leaned away, but directly into my Lord. Yes, I had gotten stale, but God had not. I learned how to study the Bible, not just to read it. How to be part of a group, not just to lead one. My Christian life finally did become a pancake and not a waffle. I have always loved that analogy from Run for God. In 2020, I saw a weird ad for a couch to marathon group with Run for God. I signed up. What did I just do? Not only that, but I felt God wanted me to do the runs by myself. No friends, no students, just me and Jesus. So I did. I ran. I ran slash walked. I got through 5K, 10K. And when half marathon time came, I was up to 12 miles and I was one week away from my organized race. Running with God was and is my purpose out there. There were some hard choices from some pandemic issues that made me step back. But not from God this time, just from organized running. It was worth it, and it was right. I could have become lukewarm once again and stopped and whined about why my journey turned out this way, why I couldn't or didn't finish, but maybe this time I have learned. I leaned back into God, and it feels so right. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting me become lukewarm so I can remember just how it feels to be on fire once again for you. Hmm. It's a Man. great story, Ellen. Yeah. Yeah, That's this is called keeping the main thing the main thing. Yeah. You know, after each season, as coaches, you know, after a season, you, you, you kind of try to force athletes to take time off mm-hmm. for this reason. Because it is easy just to kind of mail it in. Mm-hmm. And you want you, you want to feel a little bit of a sense of, I want to be here because I want to be here, not because I have to be here. I want to do it because I want to do it, not because I have to do it. I want to go to church because I'm worshiping God and it's important to me uh, in, in my development and it means something to my heart to do it, not just I want to go to church because it's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, and I think it's so important to have to actually have those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that, that you've heard that I do with, with Lane every year, you know, Lane's a, a mm-hmm. triathlete, professional triathlete now, and, you know, a conversation I have with him every single January, and we'll probably be having it again here in the next few weeks. I mean, he's 19 years old at this point, been doing triathlons for 13 years, but I still have the same conversation every single January, and I sit him down and I say, is this what you want to do? You know, this is hard. This what what he goes through in training, just like the people who are about to start this couch to marathon. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And if you just kind of allow it to become 
an afterthought or something that you just do, it's easy to become like Ellen said, lukewarm. Yeah. We have to constantly remind ourselves of our why. That's why we always talk about put write your why down and put it on your bathroom mirror. Mm-hmm. Because I've been right where Ellen is. I think mm-hmm. we've all been there in different areas of oh, our I'm lives. Sure. And it's just because we lose focus. Mm-hmm. And so many times when you step back, even stepping away from something mm-hmm. for a, a small period of time will often give you that enough uh, that focus to get back into it for all the right reasons and not just that's what I do. Yeah, and a lot of times I I've noticed that that taking that step back, you don't have to do it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it can just be just a very, like you said, a very short period of time. But it's important. It, you remember when we used to have revivals all the time? I, I just haven't seen a revival recently. I don't know if you guys have them at your church or. Um, it's but, been a couple of years, but yeah, I mean those 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 are important. But we used to have those. I remember that was it was a yearly thing. Yeah, every church had a revival every year. Right. Uh, just it was just as regular like clockwork, like vacation Bible school. Sure. Um, but we don't see those very much anymore, and, and I, I don't know why that's a that bad is. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, because I mean the the last one we had at our church, man, it it just lit me on fire, and and mm-hmm. actually at that time I dealt with a lot of pretty heavy things, um, and yeah, it's it's it, it's, <laughs> I guess you can kind of compare it to running in the variations yeah. of running mm-hmm. make us better, yeah. and when you do, you know, what do we say about running? If you just run three miles every single day, what are you going to be good at? Running three slow miles every single day. Well, that's not what any of us want as a runner. As a runner, we we want times where we're challenged, Mm -hmm. and we want times when it's easy. We want times when we're all in, and we want times where we're recovering. And man, I think we're just sitting here talking this through, but it makes so much sense in our walk with Christ. What we don't want is to get good at running the three miles and we just give up and quit running three miles. We don't want to just get good at doing church, and before you know it. We get stale and lukewarm, and we just walk away from the church. That's that's what happens a lot. Yeah, and there's a happy medium here too, because I think about times when I'm when when I'm running, and sometimes I get in that stale. Like every run, every day, just feels hard. And and then one day, I, maybe I run with somebody, and they mm-hmm. force me to run a little bit faster, a little bit harder. I force myself to do a workout or something, and then the next day I feel better. Mm-hmm. Because I made myself do it. And sometimes yeah. sometimes that's the other side of it, too, is change something up. Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yep. Maybe you're that's out there it. listening right now, and you're one of the people that, that tune in here, and you run three miles three times a week. How about joining us tonight yeah. at 9 o'clock and yeah. throwing your hat in for the couch to marathon? That'll get you outside your comfort zone. Yes, it will. But it also gets you excited, and it'll give new life into, I run three miles three times a week. That just saying that makes me cringe. Yeah, um, because that is that is a recipe for staleness. It's a re- recipe for lukewarmness. Exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah. Great, great story, Ellen. <laughs> Revelation three fifteen and sixteen. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would it would that you are cold or hot? So, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's that church in Laodicea again. Yeah. Uh, you know, in some in some translations of this, it says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is a very strong warning 
Yeah. That we, we don't just need to go through the motions. Yeah. Of this walk with Christ, mm-hmm. because that is wor- that is worse than not walking with Him. Period. Yeah. Um, vomit you out of my mouth. That's pretty strong words. Yeah, it is. And we we need to we need to take note. Yeah, God doesn't want us to just be something that we do or talk about from time to time when we have time, and we just f- kind of fit it into our schedule and check it off the list and and do that kind of thing and that's what the church at Laodicea here was doing was they were just kind of I'm sure it sounds like they were going to church Mm -hmm. they were going through the motions they were having their services they were doing whatever it is they were supposed to do but there was no real passion to it they were just running three miles three times a week they were running three miles three times (laughs) a week yep yep Um, and we've seen that we see that in the churches right we see a lot of folks in the churches who I don't know how many people I've talked to. I go to church, mm-hmm. and that's really all they can say is that I go to church. And listen, it's great if you're going to church because you got to be in the church a lot of times to, to get the message or um, to get connected. Sometimes that's where our connection comes from. But just because we're in the church doesn't mean we're connected either. Yeah, I mean, so many people, and, and I have been there before. You We're going to church because either that's what we're supposed to do or we're going to get but where the magic happens is when you go to give just like yeah. we talked about Brian and Elizabeth earlier yeah they could be part of this run club and just run and get and get and get and get all the knowledge but they're choosing to give and that's that's where it really changes things that's yeah. that's where it changes things in the church when you go i mean how many how many people have you heard say well I left that church cuz I just wasn't being fed yeah that lights me on fire. Yeah, because that's not why we go to church. That's exactly right. We we we're we're to go to church to give to be part of a family. You know, if if I was just sat in my family and I asked my family to do everything for me, it's not going to be a good family atmosphere before long. Yeah, it's it's the give and take, and that's what we're supposed to do at church. Yep, yep. I think part of the reason why churches are shrinking right now is because at one time it was cool to be in church. So there were a lot more people doing church to do church, to Mm -hmm. be part of a social group. Mm -hmm. And it's not cool to do that anymore. And so now people, hopefully, there's a higher percentage of the people who are at church who are there for the right reasons. Well, it's funny you say that because just the other night um, we were having a conversation. You know, we do the Bible study in our bed every night. You've, You've heard me talk about that. But Lane made a pretty cool observation. We were talking about... Um, we were talking about the statistic that we talked about uh, last week in our podcast where, you know, we're, we have fallen below 50% in America of people who say they have a church home. We were talking about that statistic. And, you know, back in the, the days of the Billy Graham crusades, Billy Graham was kind of famous for saying that he would estimate that up to 50% of the people in the churches were not uh believers or we're not christian or we're just there for the social because honestly back in the early you know even when i was a kid you told people i work at x and i go to church at it was just kind of part of your resume that you Mm. that's not the case anymore but lane made an observation he said that i'll bet that the percentage of believers in the church has gone up yeah it's true because the the number of people who call say they have a church home has gone down and when he said it i was like that doesn't make any sense but when i got to really thinking about it mm-hmm. if 
if you're not truly part of the church family, if you were just truly going there for your resume and you weren't a believer, things are getting tough for the church in America now. Yeah, It's not the cool place to be. And so lots of people are leaving the church and what's left are the people who are there for all the right reasons and therefore the statistic that or the observation that he made, I think, may be right. I mean, we have no basis for saying that's right, but it made a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because at one time you were stigmatized for not being in church. Sure. And and that's certainly not the case anymore. No, For sure. Matthew 5.13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. That's always I, I, that's always an interesting passage to me. Um, well, the thing that back in that day, do, do you know that back in that day they used to use salt as a preservative? Uh, well, they use it for preservative mm. for food and for for things like that. But also, there were some certain types of salt that they didn't use at all, except that they put them on the ground mm. for traction, right? And so, um, like we do today, like like we do today, yeah. exactly. So we've got salt today. When we get icy conditions, sure. we throw it out there on the ice to to melt it and and make it where we we can get some traction. Um, and so the salt that they wrote about in the Bible is a little bit different um, than what we think about when we think about salt today. Um, although it was used for 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 the, the right kind of salt was used for. Uh, preserving meats and things like that and to flavor food obviously um, because that's what we think about when we think about salt uh, today Um, but salt had impurities in it back Mm -hmm. then and so that's the idea is that and that's why he's talking about salt here is because he's talking about salt can get more impurities in it right we don't think about impurities in our salt because our our salt we pour it out of a shaker yeah yeah and it's pure and so uh but that's that's the way it was and god wants us to remain separate pure from those impurities right. he wants us to be the the salt that we have today the more you know? pure we are the more contrast we have in the world that's, that's right kind of, the, kind of what it's saying here yeah and if we just go looking like the world then then we're no good as believers that's right we might as well be thrown out with everybody else yep um but yeah it's a it's, it's a good it's the contrast that we talk about so many times so be different yeah be different is being more salty yeah not not just being different but adding a positive flavor to the culture mm-hmm. and that's that's where we're not called to be I was watching something the other I can't even remember what it was, but it was something the other day that was talking about this culture where we think that we have to argue and fuss and point fingers and and we have to denigrate other people who don't agree with us and things like that. And that's not who we're called to be. Salt, that's not that's not the picture of salt. Mm-hmm. The picture of salt is not necessarily to agree with somebody we don't agree with, but also not to call them names. Because we don't agree with them. Well, and uh, yeah, you're making me think of a of an illustration here. You know, I love to cook, but if you if you go to let's say let's go to say you go to Chinese dinner or, or Japanese stir fries, something that's very salty, and you, and you put salt on it, you really don't hardly notice it because the food you're eating is salty anyway. That's kind of like being in a group of believers. But mm-hmm. think about a raw piece of meat. 
mm. and that has zero salt in it, and you go just put a little bit of salt on it, you immediately, as soon as you put it in your mouth, you taste it. And that's what we're called to be yeah. in a world of unbelievers. Is, that's right. It's not somebody that's overbearing and just want to argue about everything. We're just trying to put the taste of Jesus out there. And people will immediately notice we don't have to be we don't have to be thumping our Bibles and pointing our fingers. In in fact, that's like dumping a whole piece of salt, a that's whole right. shaker of salt on a piece of meat. What do you do with it? You throw it out. I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. It only takes a little bit. It only takes a little bit of Jesus to make a huge difference. Yeah. And man, what yeah. a great that's a yeah. great illustration. Second Corinthians thirteen five. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this is about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Of course, this is at the end of Second Corinthians, and Paul is saying, "I'm coming," right? And uh, he and God are done with people who are lukewarm basically is what and i'm sure that's why she included this scripture here uh that at some point in time that's that's what god's gonna do is he's gonna come and say oh i'm just i'm just done um and, and of course some of those folks are still hanging around and and paul paul is saying and god will do this to us you're gonna make a choice mm-hmm. and right now in our society we're we're being forced to make a choice because again Church was the cool place to be. It's not anymore. So now you're having to make a choice. Yeah. And uh, and the, the games are over, I guess, is what uh, the way you might think about it in, in this context and the way that Paul put it. Um, but a lot of times we look at church like it is a game. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, uh, you know, it, just like a game. Uh, but it's not a game. And our relationship with Christ is not something to be toyed with yes it's it's a very serious relationship well and the the whole concept of testing yourself is is either that makes you uncomfortable or it makes you very comfortable i don't think there's a middle ground there and let me explain i i love to hear an altar call nowadays you know as a as a believer who is secure in my faith i love it when i hear the question and i ask the question do you know that you know that you know if you were to die today where you would spend eternity? That gives me incredible peace to hear that. Yeah. Because I have incredible peace when I hear it. But the idea of testing yourself, if if you're lukewarm and you really don't know that you know that you know, when you hear a statement like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if... If you don't have complete, if if hearing me say that on this podcast, if it gives you any consternation or doubt, rest assured the devil is not going to make you doubt your salvation. Yeah. The devil is very happy with you thinking you're saved and headed straight for hell. If it gives you consternation or anxiety or whatever to hear that, that this is where God's, this is where Jesus talks about testing yourself. Mm-hmm. If if that if that makes your stomach turn or sends you in a cold sweat or you just want to turn this podcast off, it it may be time to take a look at your salvation. Yeah, and not because I said to, but because of what's going on inside you. That's right. You know, go to runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. 
We've got a great resource there that can walk you through this process. But when you hear, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Who do you say that Jesus is? All, all these questions that we ask so many times, there should be nothing but peace when you hear that. If there's anything else, it's not God making you doubt your salvation. Yep. That what well, maybe, maybe that is. I, I said that wrong. That is that is not the devil making you doubt your salvation. That is the idea that maybe you need to check your salvation. Yeah. Uh, and that's not because of anything I'm saying. That's because that's a spiritual battle being fought between a holy God and your sinful flesh right now. And if your flesh and, and your spirit is where it needs to be, if the Holy Spirit is in you, there will be complete peace when you hear those statements. But those are tests. Yeah. And it's good for us to go through those exercises because because every time I hear those things, it gives me more confidence. Yeah. Because I know I know what I felt like when I wasn't where I needed to be. And I knew that I couldn't wait for that altar call. I, mine was a sermon about the weeds and the te- weeds and the tares. And and I felt I mean the Holy Spirit was just ripping my guts out inside. And I couldn't wait for that altar call. Yeah. Now I can hear that same message, complete peace. Yeah. And that that's the Holy Spirit, whether he's in you or not. That's where Ellen got to. Ellen yeah. got to a point where she heard that. She felt that. Right. And, and she took a step back and she reexamined and she went in the right direction. Sure. Um, in several, she, I mean, she pointed out several areas of her life mm-hmm. where she had to do that. And, uh, and God, God, will, God will do that for us. Here's a question. Have you ever just phoned in your time in church? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really suspect of anybody who says no. Because, I mean, I know some people who are really, really faithful who I can't imagine them doing it, but but even those folks probably. I don't know how I'm supposed to answer time. this because my pastor's on our board of directors, so. Yeah. Am I? Well, you're supposed to be truthful. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he would <laughs> yes, want you I to have. be truthful. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, but that that's when, that, those are those times that, you know, God, God, the Holy Spirit will convict you of that. And yeah. that's the time, just like Ellen, that we need to to we, we need to reexamine, yeah. and we need to make changes. We don't need to just keep doing what we've always been doing because that's what we've always done. Um, that is a recipe for lots of phonians. Yeah, and we often go to church hoping for a good experience, right? We don't go expecting it. I was talking with a friend of mine recently who what he does was is before every church service. He gets down, he's got a special spot in his house where he goes, he gets down on his knees, and he prays for that service. Um, that's taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, that is that is an expectation that something is going to happen. That's not a, God, I hope something's going to happen. That's a, God, I know you're out there, and I know you have the ability, and something great's going to happen this morning. And that's the way that we should, we should be prepared. But we often... What, we, what do we do? We we get up and we do our routine and we grab our Bible and we head out to church and that's it. And um, it's that's phoning it in. And We're it's not it always in. it's not always a, a good experience that God will use. You know, I yeah. I've said I've said many times and I've told my pastor Charlie some of his best messages are the messages that I leave almost mad at him. Mm-hmm. When he stepped on my toes, and, and I'll, I'll send him a text, and I'll say, great message, you really got close. 
thank you for that. You you revealed something in in my heart that I needed to work on. And but there's two kinds of people. Either Charlie gets those texts for me saying thank you for punching me in the mouth, <laughs> but he also gets the text from people saying you really shouldn't have gone there. Yeah. And those are the people that are there looking to receive goodness, good things. It's it's all about what can you give me. And sometimes what we need is a punch in the mouth. Yeah. And we should welcome that. Yeah. Uh when we go to church because honestly until it's revealed to us, we don't know it. Sometimes it takes a punch in the mouth to realize, hey, I deserve that. Yeah. I needed that. Yeah, sometimes we need to go looking for a punch in the mouth. <laughs> I mean, uh, quite honestly, I mean, I hate to say it that way, but it's true. Yeah. You know? I don't know that I'm going to ask for it. But. And, and that goes to this testing thing. Exactly. To testing ourselves. Is, sure. Is go in there looking for God. If there's any reason I need a punch in the mouth, yeah. then let, let me have it. Right. Um, you know, because that's, that's the way. That's how we keep ourselves clean, though. It is. Yeah. It is. And it's it's how we stay away from being lukewarm which is what, what the whole thing is about here. Here's another question. Have you forgotten how to truly let Jesus into all areas of your life, or do you pick and choose what to obey? You know, I, th- I thought it was funny that she mentioned the pancakes and waffles. And for yeah. the people who are fairly new to Run for God, you may not know what she's talking about, but we one of the, one of the um, weeks in the first 5K challenge was a chapter called pancakes and waffles and it's the idea of are you a pancake or are you a waffle so many of us are waffles and we have these compartments of our lives we have our work life we have our family life we have our church life we have our recreation life we have all these different compartments and it's like pouring syrup and if you pour syrup on a waffle what happens it just it just fills up one compartment at a time and that's what many times we want jesus to be in our life Jesus, we want you here, but, you know, my language is a little bad at work. Jesus, you probably need to just stay out of that compartment. That's not what God wants. God wants us to be like a pancake. And what happens when you pour syrup over a pancake? It runs everywhere. That's right. And it it runs all over everything. And that's, that's what we're called to be is Jesus don't want us to be. Jesus don't want to be in just one compartment of our life. That is the definition of lukewarm. You know, yeah. you, you're hot here, but you're cold here, and yeah. put those two together, and we're lukewarm. That's what. That's when he'll vomit vomit us out of his mouth. But I mean, yeah, it was kind of a flashback when she mentioned that chapter because I always I love that chapter too. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like to bring up that there's there's areas topically we this we're talking about things that we do and areas of our life, but topically we do the same thing. Yeah, we. There are certain topics we love to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain topics that we can get right behind and we're like, hey, yeah, we, that person shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, because that's something that I don't do. Yeah. It's easy to point my fingers when that's something that I don't do. But then I always, every time we get off on that and I notice my Sunday school class going off on a tangent and really starting into one particular sin or one particular lifestyle or whatever. I know what you're going to say. You know what I do. I go and I say, well, let's talk about gluttony. <laughs> because Crickets. Nobody wants to talk about gluttony in a Baptist church. Right. Because, you know, let's let's face it, we're all guilty sure. of gluttony in a lot of different areas, not just food, but in a lot of areas of our yeah. lives. And um, and so I think it's important that we we – 
and and in those cases, what am I doing? Yeah, I am purposefully going to an uncomfortable place. Because you're like me, you like awkwardness. I like awkwardness. I love awkwardness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, another example is is it happened to me just this past week. Um, we had a uh, a dinner. I you know I I still help my brother in the construction some, and every month they have a a birthday dinner because uh, it's always somebody's birthday in in the company, and um, so there's. 20 25 people and these are all construction workers and you know different lifestyles and 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 i i'm I'm very convicted that god has me in that role there to be a light. Mm -hmm. i I really do feel that way salt yeah to be Mm -hmm. salt because it it doesn't take much Mm -hmm. when you get into some of those groups and um so so i was there and you know i'm always the guy when we're at dinner anywhere, you know, and they start bringing food, I'll say, do y'all mind if I pray? Mm-hmm. And I remember the other day, they were starting to bring the food out. And I was, golly bum, I was just thinking, I really started feeling awkward. I mean, I had a run for God hoodie on, but I I was this close to not speaking up. Because everybody was talking and doing their own thing, and this is a crowd who... Probably most of them don't know Jesus honestly, and and I was just about to just start eating, and God really just talk about punching the mouth. He's like, "Look, this is this is the time when you need to do it the most. When it's the most. This is the raw piece of meat that needs a little bit of salt." And so I spoke up and I said, "You guys care if I pray?" And everybody bowed their head and I prayed and I got as soon as I said Amen, it was like a, a roar of Amen. I mean, it was. Mm. But that, I mean, that was just one of those times where I almost phoned it in. Yeah. And I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah. Because that was a time where it was just a little bit of salt. I didn't have to preach to any of those guys, didn't have to do anything other than what I did. And I know that God can use that one little thing. Yeah, for sure. That's a good story. Last question. Are you reading the Bible? I mean, really reading it. Man, she knows how to get close, don't she? she? Does. She's really direct. Man, I oh like man, it. She's direct, yeah, for sure. Uh, of course, I interpret this as, I mean, reading the Bible, I mean, really reading it, I interpret that as kind of study. Sure. Does that mean that you're you're digging into those those scriptures and really trying to figure out what they mean? And I, so I think that's what she means here. Um, because you know what? It is really easy to just read it. Mm-hmm. It's so easy just to pick it up and read through a chapter and put it back down and go, yeah, I did my reading for today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the truth is, you know, sometimes we, we got to have those days mm-hmm. to get to the good days sometimes because we need to make that a habit. But we don't need that those to be the habit. And um, paying attention to what we're reading, uh, I think um, – we have to be purpose, purposeful about how we go about doing it. And there's different ways to do it. Everybody knows. There, I, know I say everybody. Not everybody knows. Um, there are different ways to do Bible study. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be I read a chapter mm-hmm. a day or whatever, whatever yeah. it is. You know, it can be you can do things by topic. You can do. There's a lot of different ways to dig into and get to understand your Bible. Um, and I think probably just as important as is really reading your Bible every day is having some kind of accountability in place that that forces you to really understand. This podcast for me is an yeah. incredible way. Yeah. Because <laughs> either I'm gonna come here and have read through these scripture verses and, and open my Bible and looked at them, 
or I'm not, and you're going to see the difference. And so this podcast alone helps hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. The fact that for for much of the year, we're not doing it right now, but that I'll read a passage in the morning and then as a family, we'll study it that night. That really holds me accountable. You know, there's nothing like your kids calling you out at nine o'clock at night saying, you didn't read this morning, did you? Because yeah. <laughs> they notice, I mean, they'll pick it yeah. up. So yeah, I mean, we, we need to study, but we also need to have accountability things in our life that that'll call us that'll punch us in the mouth yeah. when we don't because that's we are, just like we need that person at the stop sign at six o'clock in the morning waiting on us to go for a run we need that same type of accountability in our life when it comes to studying and praying and, and everything that we're called to do as Christians because we're not we don't need to go at it alone yeah yeah and there are, th- there are things that get in our way of this um, when she talks about that, a lot of times, what gets in the way? What makes us get to the point where we just read and we move on and then we get in the middle of the day and we don't remember what we read that morning? Well, what does that is distractions and busyness of the day. Mm-hmm. We get we let that get in the way. And we've got to make it a priority. I think mm-hmm. that's where the key is, is it's got to be it's got to be the most important thing you do during the day rather mm-hmm. than just something you do um, to start your day off or mm-hmm. And some people do it at the end of the day, and that's fine. But it needs to be a super important thing that you do in order for you to internalize it. Because if it's not important, it's easy to just go through the motions. It needs to get to the point to where when you don't do it. And those days will happen. But mm-hmm. it's blatantly obvious when you don't. You can feel it in your spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when it, it needs to get to that point so that it, it becomes necessary. Yeah, we We need it. And until we get to the point of doing it consistently over time, we talk about that over time all the time. We we won't we don't really see the need for it. But it's I don't, I'm trying to find something to compare it to. It's it's like you don't need it until you start doing it, and then you realize how much you needed it when you didn't do it. Yeah. Um. We we need to get to that point in our lives. Well, exercise is that way. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, we, how we you realize feel. the you benefit of the exercise after we start to do it, and then you stop for a month, and you're like, "Oh, yeah. there's five extra pounds in my belly I've never seen before. I hadn't yeah. seen in years, you yeah. know." Or I, f- I feel better mm-hmm. now, and I, I haven't done it for a month, and I realize I feel worse now. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, yeah, for sure. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. Well, we're back, and um, it's that time of year. People are trying to get fit and lose weight. And uh, I remember, you know, there was a time when I had about thirty extra pounds on me. Uh, I How know long ago was that? It's been a, it's been a while. I was, been a minute. Yeah, I guess it's probably been maybe fifteen years ago or so. Uh, I know it would have been a little bit before that, maybe seventeen years ago. Um, and I, I just remember, I remember getting to the point and saying, no more. 
because here's the thing my my brother plays a very convincing santa claus at christmas time um, he, he weighs well over more than a hundred pounds than I do. Um, he's, he's a big guy. Uh, my, my, I, I've had a bunch of folks in my family who were always overweight and I've seen them struggle with it. And as soon as I was headed in that direction, I was like, I'm not going there. I'm not, I've seen that struggle. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't want to be a part of it. Um, but I remember one time. Um, I didn't realize how much running does for me. So I took a month off. Uh, excuse me. I had to take three months off. I wound up with a stress fracture in my femur. I had to take three months off of running. And so for the first month of being off, I didn't gain any weight. None at all. Zero. I was like, ah, oh, it's pretty good. And then for the 30 days after that, I gained 20 pounds in 30 days. <laughs> that metabolism flipped a switch, didn't it? It, it did. It <laughs> did. And so that's kind of the way uh, metabolism works mm-hmm. if you're out there it, it both um, in both directions. Yeah. So when you, when you exercise for a long period of time and you stop, it takes a while for that metabolism to slow down. And it works the other way where if you just started exercising, you don't kick your metabolism up just like that. It takes time. Yeah. To crank it back up and when i started it back when i started back it i didn't lose those 20 pounds quickly sure it took me a little while some to, people get discouraged in the 5k challenge because they'll actually put a pound or two on yeah in the first few weeks mm-hmm. and it's usually because they're just eating more because they are working but their metabolism hasn't caught up and you know they're freaking out reaching out to us saying i'm gaining weight and you know we always have to say just calm down consistency over time yep will get you the results you want yep well, that that whole experience of gaining twenty pounds a month confirmed that suspicion of uh, don't go any further uh, <laughs> yeah. that I, I went through before. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Do you know what a craving is? <clears throat> well, it's just a suggestion from your brain, and this this week is called taste suggestions. I would argue that much of our struggle with food is mental. We are held captive by our thoughts about food, and many of us believe it is nearly impossible to change them. It is almost as if our food preferences are genetic, but I say it's all in our mind. If you want to change the way you look at food, there are two things to keep in mind. One, you must understand that what you crave is simply a taste suggestion from your brain, and two, changing those suggestions is absolutely possible. Food is a combination of molecules that form to create something to eat. That molecular combination enters your body and has a physical effect on you and alters your brain. The reason you crave certain foods is because of the effect it has on your body and your brain. Is it it is really not much different from an alcoholic, excuse me, an alcoholic craving a drink. They do it because the body wants the feeling, both physically and mentally, that the drink provides. It sounds a little depressing until you realize that alcohols escape the bonds of alcohol all the time. So how do you change the cravings from food that is bad for you to food that is good for you? Well, first, you have to you have to connect true feelings to your choices. A poor diet really is bad for you and you can feel it. Recently, I spent a week away from home and I noticed that my runs became really difficult. 
What had happened is that the food I was eating had produced inflammation in my body that the good food I usually eat did not. I was connecting the bad feeling with the poor choices I made while eating out more often than usual. The truth is that bad food is making us feel worse than we would feel with a good diet. But we don't notice because that's what we always eat. When I made the commitment to change my diet radically for a month, I was able to get the bad food out of my system and I could feel the positive effects of good food. Now I have a better frame of reference to judge how I feel. You see, I thought the natural stages of aging was supposed to cause me to struggle more and more with my running. My diet had always been poor, so the bad feeling I had had always been there. But here's the important part. I didn't realize it. And if you have always made poor diet choices, you don't know any better. But you can change those taste suggestions to better food, too. All you have to do is make a commitment to eat better and connect the better feeling with the good food you eat. It will change your taste suggestions to a more healthy range. Just remember that you have to be conscious of what you're doing. We stay so busy these days that we don't think much about food after it's consumed because we're being consumed by what we're doing. And it works both ways. If you connect the good food to the improved feelings and connect the bad food to the sluggish feelings, you're on your way to getting better taste suggestions from your brain. The same thing goes for our spiritual journey. The sins that we commit lead to bad things, but we don't often recognize it because of the temporary good feelings that it produces. The person who has anger issues finds relief in blowing up at someone. The relief he feels is temporary, though. In the meantime, he has done damage to a relationship that may not be undone easily. What would happen if the person with anger issues defaulted to prayer with God when the anxious feeling of anger entered his body? Do you think it would be a different outcome? We know the Bible tells us to be slow to anger, so God is not going to lead him in that direction. You can change the way you see things by connecting the ultimate outcome to the thing you're doing. We do it with running in general, don't we? We know how we know it is hard while we do it, but when but it is worth it because of the goal. We connect the goal to the thing we're doing. Connect good food to the positive feelings you and you are excuse me. Connect good food to the positive feelings you are sure to receive and watch your outlook on food change. And while you're at it, Maybe take that other thing that you're struggling with and connect it to the outcome God wants to see, and you may just watch it disappear. <laughs> it's a great, that's a great angle on that. I, that was a good story, Dean. Yeah, you ever thought about that? Take I have. I, you know you know what really just was coming into my mind the whole time you're reading that? And this is a great example of what you're talking about here. You really didn't give a, an example, a real-life example, but I've got one. A few years ago, Lane, I checked him out one day of school. He had a dentist appointment or something. And um, we went to the dentist, and then we went to get something to eat. And, and my whole family, well, everybody, Holly. Holly likes some kind of sushi, but we we like sushi. And uh, we went to this place, and Lane and I both got, it's called the Tekadon. It's basically just a bed of rice with tuna sushi all over, just raw tuna sushi. And uh, we both just, ate till we were stuffed lane had a track workout that <laughs> afternoon and obviously all that tuna made its way back let's just put it that way 
Do you know that for like three years, Lane could not stand to even see tuna? Yeah. And that's exactly what you're talking about, that his brain that's right. made the connection tuna getting sick in a workout. And so he physically didn't like it anymore, not because the tune was bad. It's because of an experience. It's because of how his body experienced it. And yeah. I think it's the same thing here. Once your body starts seeing the positive side of things, it's not that the old way is necessarily negative, but it's that this way is better. Your body will be drawn more that way. So yeah, it's a. Yeah. It's exactly what happened to me with the whole plant based diet. Yeah. You know, I made a decision to say I'm going to do it for 30 days. Yeah. Because doing it, doing it, and doing it part way doesn't help. Right. But but by doing it, going full in for 30 days, I was really able to see the difference that it made. And now I don't really want to change back because I know it makes me feel better. And so, yeah, you you can do that. Yeah. You can. Everybody can do that. And you know, we. I mean, it's a way addiction works. Addiction works by that thing that you do making you feel better in some way and you connect that feeling to that thing and so you can't help well and the first step is just being honest about it yeah you know how how many years did you you had the you love the crystal burgers and the diet coke and and you were kind of in denial for years you're like ah that makes me faster but then you started experiencing and you started changing your way of thinking and i think the biggest hurdle was just your way of thinking and that's most people's fault. That's, but most people's problem is I don't want to give up ice cream. <laughs> well, you know? or or I don't think I need to. I mean, most alcoholics yeah. will say I don't have an alcohol problem. Right, right. Or most smokers can say will say I can quit anytime I want. Right. It's when you finally swip, flip that switch in your brain. For yeah. the alcoholic, the first step is, I mean, what is the first step in Alcoholics Anonymous? Admit you have a problem. What's mm-hmm. the first step of salvation? I am a sinner. It's it's acknowledging we have a problem, and then and only then can we make a change. And it's food falls into that category as well. Yep, yep. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. We're back, and hey, how about we got a ton of walkers out there? Man, I've been getting emails from all walkers like crazy. Did you ever think you would be getting emails from walkers? No, I didn't. That's but we're a, we're we got a bunch of walkers out there. A, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see. I mean, like I said, we're you know we're we're gonna talk about it tonight, but we we talk about the idea that kind of my mission coming into this year is to remove the stigma of walkers you know for a lot of runners you mentioned walking they'll kind of roll their eyes like well that's not really exercise take that same runner and put them on the track to do a a walking workout 
And and I told you yeah. after I did that first one, I said yeah. that's one of the hardest things I've ever done because it's it's different. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it's gonna see it's gonna be cool to see this dynamic. You know, we've always had runners of different abilities as part of Run Club, but now we're throwing walkers into the mix too. And so, man, it's gonna be fun to. I'm sure we're going to have all kind of jokes going back and forth over this next year yeah, be between fun. the walkers and runners. Yeah. We may even instigate some of that. <laughs> we might need to do yeah. that. But, yeah. I mean, really, at the end of the day, what's the difference between walking and running? But how many feet are on the ground at one time? That's it. <laughs> That's really it. Yeah. I can I can get my heart rate way up there walking yeah. just like I can with running. Maybe, maybe not max. Yeah. But I can get it way up. I need to wear a heart rate monitor and see one of the during the, one of these yeah. workouts or tempo walks because I'm panting. Yeah, I'm not. It's not easy breathing. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. It's gonna that be fun. Be, that would be an interesting thing to check out. I remember back in the day when you know March at Dimes walks now are just it's like a token thing that they do. Sure, you know. And but I remember when March at Dimes walks were real walks. Yeah, when there'd be like twenty miles. Yeah, you know, you'd pl- people would pledge like a dollar a mile or something. You'd you'd walk for 20 miles and oh my goodness we got so sore yeah because <laughs> we were it's a different it's a different yeah. i'll never forget before i really did any walking i was running a lot but my church uh we did this walk from our our current location to the church property which is about four miles yeah um and as a church we walked it was on a sidewalk we walked to the property and I remember I was running like maybe 30, 40 miles a week at that time. And we did that walk and I was, I was sore the next day and it was just a leisurely walk. Yeah. It was just walking easy. Yeah. But I remember waking up the next morning going, Whoa, where did that muscle come from? Yeah. And it's, you just work things differently. So if you're, if you're curious about what we're talking about and you're just listening to this podcast, the Couch to Marathon this year, we have opened up, we have kicked the doors open to walkers. Uh, we, Officially, we've always welcomed them. We officially have a spot for you uh, in this year's Couch to Marathon. We have a walking division. You've got your own training, everything to go from a Couch to Marathon. And yes, you can walk a marathon. Absolutely. Yep. I did it just a few weeks ago on my own. I was the guinea pig last year. So if you're a walker out there right now and you've always thought, run for God's really not for me. I like the podcast or whatever. It's absolutely for you. So go. Go to runforgod.com, click on the Couch to Marathon 2022 under the training tab, and you can read all about it. We kick things off tonight, um, but you can join really for the next few weeks. You will not be behind, so go check it out. Yep, yep. And yeah, and get and get more fit. If you're if you're listening to this, and for some reason you're listening to this, and you're not doing, you're not walking or running. You need to you need to get going. Mm-hmm. You need to get you need to get moving. Um, change your thinking, kind of like that story we just talked about change change your thinking to the point where it's something that you need to do you don't know and, what you're missing right now and you'll be thankful for yeah. it you're sure. gonna sleep better yeah. um you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna digest food better by being active did you know that that's crazy yeah. right um almost everything your body does it will do more efficiently when you exercise regularly yeah so yep your body is a machine you need to make it make it more efficient how about a trivia question for this week? This uh, this trivia question. Now, now there have been studies out there that have came to slightly different confusions. So I kind of have a range here that I'll accept. 
Um, but here's the question. What is the optimal running temperature? Not what you think it is, but there is a study, a couple of studies, a scientific studies that tell you what the optimal running temperature is. It's not 100 degrees. It's not 100. It's not 20. It's not 20. No. But it is somewhere somewhere between between there. So there's a hint. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What a great hint. (laughs) Uh, And if you know the answer to that, then you can send that to dean at runforgod.com and be the first one. Send us your T-shirt size and your address, and we will send you a Run Club box if you're first. Okay, so it's January the 10th when this is releasing. It's New Year's. Maybe you're listening to this podcast, and you've just been listening for a year, and you've never joined Run Club. Dean, it's 27 cents a day. 27 cents a day. You get... You get the podcast every week. You can be part of the the Couch to Marathon Challenge. You can take the 5K, 10K, half full. You can take all the challenges individually, the 12-week challenges. You've got the Run Club Facebook group, which is by far worth every penny that you'll pay just for that one thing. Uh, you get discounts on all our merchandise. It is completely worth the price of entry and on top of all of that you're contributing to a ministry that wakes up every day trying to figure out how we can share the gospel of jesus christ through the sport of running so if you're out there listening to this and you're not a member of run club join run club yeah it's really that simple we need you we need you we need you yeah and every week we share a a reason why running is awesome and this week the reason is Running boosts your confidence, mm-hmm. and it does. Sure. It absolutely does. We've seen that over and over again in the uh, the five k challenges and and the other challenges that we've done. It absolutely will boost your confidence if you can do that. If you can run, uh, it, I don't know what that is and why, but it it just tells you you can do so many other things. Yeah, and and completely different areas of your life. Yeah, absolutely. You can yeah. all of a sudden going and applying for that job that you never thought you could get. Yeah. Well, I ran a 5K yesterday. I can do it. I don't know why that correlates. But it does. But it does. Yeah. A motivational thought of the week. How about this one? I, I, You know, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. I should have looked it up. Nito Cuban. Sounds C- right. Cuban. Looks right. I don't know how you say that. But anyway, here it is. Your present circumstances don't determine where you can go. They merely determine where you start. That's smart. It is. That's. I like it. Yeah, yeah. You know how doctor, what Dr. Seuss says, oh, the places you'll go, mm-hmm. right? He wrote that book. So you're just at the beginning, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're at the beginning. What you do from here makes a difference, and you can make tomorrow better by making the right choices. Yeah. Right? You know the thing about a goal? I don't know why I just thought about this, I think, because I've, I've talked to Lane about it before, but without a goal, without something out there, you know, that's what we're all about in Run Club mm-hmm. is is having something out there. That's why we tell you to sign up for a race or join the Couch to Marathon so you got something out there. And, and I've heard the argument from people before, well, I don't want to put that goal out there because I don't know that that's necessarily what I really want. Yeah. And I say that's okay. Yeah. You know, Lane has some pretty lofty goals with his triathlon. And I say, keep those out there because you don't know what doors will open along the way. Mm -hmm. 
And if you don't have a goal out there, you'll never even see those doors. Right. You know, Lane has a goal of being in the Olympics for triathlon. Mm-hmm. Lane may never be in the Olympics in triathlon, but the doors that could open leading to that goal, number one, you don't even know what they are. And number two, they're way better than the doors that are available to open today. That's right. So don't don't get so hung up on where you're going. Mm-hmm. Focus on where you're at today, have a goal out there, and then know that this could open up all kind of possibilities. We, you just talked about it. It gives you the confidence yep. to even approach those doors along the way, where if you just stay where you're at, number one, you're probably never going to see them, and number two, if you do, you may not even open them yep. without that confidence. Yeah, I like to say design a process that get, puts you on a path mm-hmm. toward that goal. And uh, and then when, like you said, when those things happen, you're ready, sure, because you're you you've been doing this process over and over. Couch to marathon's a good way to start that. It's a great way. Now may God bless every step of every run and walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.